0: Hey guys, Eric Lindeen here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: I wanna just get our minds right. So glad you guys are here. So glad you guys are tuning in online. But I want to get our minds and hearts right and then have some fun today. So we're diving to Luke 2, 4 through 20. Just a few verses just to set the stage for probably one of the most amazing things that ever happened to the universe, to our lives, to our church. So I want to read this for us. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And then there were shepherds this will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And this is where it gets hyped. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left, Them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one, "Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about." So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we get just to dive into the Christmas story. In the midst of a crazy, wild season, we can sometimes lose focus on what really matters we can get wrapped up in all the other things, but God, right now I ask you to speak to us, encounter us where we are, and take us to where you want us to be. God, we wanna experience your Holy Spirit today, so we're excited to have some fun, some time with you. God, we love you, and we're thankful for sending your son in the way that you did so that our lives can be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. The church said, amen, amen. Thanks, Josh. See, y'all thought y'all had to wait to the end to get the juicy stuff. We're gonna dive right in. Also, it's always funny, church. I always bring a stool out here for like the look and I never use it. So we're just gonna go over there. This is just who I am as a, as a person. But for look, we'll put it right here. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Josh Olson. I get to be the one to hang out with you guys today. So thank you, for real. Thank you guys for taking time out of your weekend to come hang out with us, even with the Vikings on a noon game. We'll get you out of here as soon as we can. But I wanna make sure we have some time to really, again, focus on what really matters. So again, thank you, Eric, for giving me the opportunity to speak today. Uh, thank you worship team for just setting the stage. You guys, it is so cool. I don't know you understand, but the, this half of the room with their ages put together is still probably under the age of. 30 so it's kind of one of those cool things where these guys are able to start off worship and to kick things off the right way so question of the day as we dive in what are you scared of just hypothetically or real life what are you scared of like shout some out like just random things like spiders snakes what are you scared of come on what birds birds Birds. no 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 sorry no judgment this is church okay birds what else what else Okay. What else? Dude, we're having some fun. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Okay. Long. Okay. Again, no judgment. I get that one. Birds though. Okay. Left lane drivers. Right. So again, I just, I just kind of want to give us a second to all just relate and have some fun this morning. Sometimes church can get way too serious. So even right now, I want you guys to just take a breath and hang out a little bit. If you grew up in a church like me, I always felt like I had to have my shirt buttoned up to the top and really it's, hey, We're family. Let's just hang out for a little bit today. So again, we're all scared of something, some random things. Uh, For me, one of my biggest fears are roller coasters. No joke. Again, don't judge me. I didn't judge you, except Pastor Eric about his birds. You would think as an energetic guy like myself, a thrill seeker that Josh Olson would love roller coasters, but church, I am not a fan. And people are always like, haha, you just got to conquer your fears. No, I hate roller coasters. It's like a real thing. And so a story about this, uh, back when Anna and I were actually dating, this was the first family trip that the boyfriend was allowed to come on. So it was really, really fun. Big moment for me, had to prove myself to the whole side of Anna's family. And so we went to Branson, Missouri. And if you've ever been to Branson, Missouri, there's this place called Silver Dollar City. Yay. And we went to Silver Dollar City and Anna has a pretty big family and they're all just wild, thrill-seeking Nebraskans. Like they, they just like to have so much fun. And I have no problem, Church, being the backpack holder, the purse holder, the drink holder. Like I will hang out and I'll watch you have fun. Like I'll have fun watching you have your fun, but I'm not trying to get on the roller coasters. And if you've ever been to Branson, Missouri, or been to Silver Dollar City, there are a lot of wild roller coasters. Okay. And so... Throughout the day, of course, everyone thought it was their job to convince Josh Olson to get on a roller coaster. That's my mission today is to get Josh on a roller coaster. I was like, I hate this game. And so the whole day they're all saying, Josh, just get on one, conquer your fears. I was like, I've tried, trust me, I still hate it. And they kept trying over and over. So I finally said, all right, check this out. Again, the whole family was here. I had to prove myself. I said, if Grandpa Joe gets on a roller coaster, I'll go on that one. Now, Grandpa Joe at that time was probably about upper 60s, 70 years old, lovely Nebraskan farmer, one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. But I knew for a fact that Grandpa Joe would not get on a roller coaster until he heard my deal. So what happened was <laughs> the whole family wanted to get on this roller coaster and this was probably the biggest one with the wildest drop. And that's really what I hate. I don't like that my stomach is about to leave my body. I feel like that's not the way we're designed. And it is so big of a drop that as you're going up, it drops and then it goes in and comes out. like it's, it's, it's a different type of drop, people. It shouldn't be illegal, but I guess it's in Missouri, so it's fine. And so I was like, I'm not doing this. He's like, I'll go on it. And I was like, are you kidding me, grandpa? <laughs> like You got to be joking. He's like, yeah, ha, 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 let's do it. So I went on the ride. Here's how it went. That. <laughs> this is a true picture, folks. This is my whole family surrounding me. And as you can see, everyone is laughing at my pain and I am absolutely terrified, holding on for dear life. And people are like, ha, that's so funny. I'm like, no, it's not funny. <laughs> this is the worst. And so anyway, roller coasters, take that off before I start reminiscing that. Please take it down. Uh, roller coasters for me is by far one of my biggest fears ever, and especially in that moment. And I didn't feel any better afterwards. And I was like, grandpa, we have some talking to do. But I was terrified for my life. And isn't that that wild though? Like take your circumstance, take whatever you might be scared of or afraid of or terrified of. It's really wild because even in that picture, I knew I was locked in, right? Or there'd be a huge lawsuit. Like I knew that I was safe around my family. Like I knew I was going to be okay, but I was still really, really terrified. And maybe think this week, how many times in life Are we worried or scared about things? And even when deep down, we know the truth, right? We know the truth. We know the word of God. We know that God's in control. We know all the things that we've been told in Sunday school and in church or what I'm going to talk about today. Whether it's something in your life, your relationships, a season of feeling abandoned, feelings of doubt, a season of confusion. Even though we know the right answers, we can still get scared and worried and ultimately, we start giving into those fears. And I, in, my, in my life, I used to be a youth pastor for 10 years. And one of the things I used to tell my students to kind of talk about this whole thing of fear is that I, feel, I think fear is such a dangerous tactic. I think it's a very, very dangerous tactic because it can evolve and go absolutely wild. And I always told my students that the problem is what happens is we start looking horizontally on all the things that are happening in our lives, our circumstance, our work, our relationships, whatever it might be. And we lose focus on the vertical, which really matters the most. And I've talked about this before, even in the story of Peter, where he's on the water and he's walking, he's doing just fine. But then what happens? He looks about the storm and everything going on and he begins to sink. But then he looked at Jesus and everything changed, right? And so it's one of those things, whether you are a youth or an adult or Grandpa Joe, we have fears that ultimately can get us in trouble. And so again, I ask you today, church, what are you fearful of today? Because if we can be honest, I don't want to just go into another Christmas sermon or some message. I want to do some work today. I want to get real. You guys down? You guys down do some actual heart work with me today? Because I'm trying to figure out some stuff too. And I promise today is going to be a bright message, okay? Don't get all down on me when you to just be talking about fear. But I want to set the stage because I think there are a lot of people, including myself, that are going through some fear, or at least have, or going to, spoiler alert. And I would love to talk about and process how do we handle these moments as adults, as, as as godfathers, as students, whatever it might be, so that we can really move forward. So again, I ask today, what are you fearful of? And if I'm being really honest, the Olsons, myself, we're in a season of transition right now, and it's scary. And I know the truth, and I know what the Bible says, and I know that Jesus loves me, and I know all the stuff, but why am I still scared? Why am I still fearful? And we're going through some stuff, a few major categories, some hard stuff right now in the Olsons family. But guess what? In every situation, we're supposed to what? We're supposed to pray. And focus on what matters, give thanksgiving and present our requests to God in every single situation. So my heart today, church, is that we do that, that we have some fun and really dive into what that means. And so one of the best ways I think of doing this is taking real biblical stories, real biblical truths that have real people in real situations and handling real problems and had real life changing results. That's what the Bible is all about. And so I don't know what you came in with today. I don't know what you've tuned in with today but God does, and he wants to show up in your life, and he wants to spend some time with you. And I, need, I know I need more Jesus, amen? Anybody else needs a little bit more doses of Jesus today? Thank you. One or two people, the rest of you, holla at me because I need y'all's life, okay? But God is good, and we need that today. So let's dive in. We're going back to the text, Luke 2. We've heard this story before, but we're going to break it down. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David he went there to register Mary who had been pledged to marry him or to married to be sorry who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child while they were there The time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and wrapped him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So we know the story. Let's talk about this because I think a lot of times we don't understand how wild of a situation this really was. Now, we have an engagement setup, all right? I work in the wedding business. I've met with a lot of like couples. They are stressed, all right? I'm trying to tell you like whether you have a long engagement period or a very short one, it is stressful. It is a wild time. And I don't think y'all understand, like Mary and Joseph weren't like that old when they got married. Like back then the custom was not to wait till you were X amount, like 30, whatever. like they were younger. Okay, so there was a lot of emotions going on. What venue are we gonna pick? What DJ are we gonna get? You know, what are we gonna do? All this stuff was hyped, okay? It was really wild. So that was the first thing. Then (laughs) Mary becomes pregnant out of nowhere. Okay, again, it's a beautiful story to, you know, show the prophecy. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But she's pregnant all of a sudden. Has anyone seen The Star? It's a beautiful movie that you got to check out, talking about Christmas movies. And um, there's a moment where Joseph is like, "Uh, what? Like, what's going on? Now, I want you to put yourself in their shoes for a second, especially married folks out there. Like, Mary... Gets met by this angel to explain what's about to go down. She's like, okay, cool. How am I going to tell Joseph? Joseph finds out and he's like, wait a minute. Whose is that? She says... Gods," He said, excuse me? <laughs> like, guys, this is wild. We're like, oh, this is a pretty story. No, it was so crazy. And you know what's wild about this? God meant for all this to happen the exact way that it happened. And I think one of these moments where Mary and Joseph were scared and they were terrified, they had to fight back with something. And I truly believe that in this moment, Mary and Joseph had some real fears and some real stress going on. And when I was breaking this down personally, I saw it as ultimately I think they were most fearful of disappointing this. Disappointing or disappointment? And I'm gonna say that real again here because I think that Mary and Joseph were really worried about Am I gonna be a good husband? Am I gonna be a good wife? Am I gonna be a good mother or father? Am I gonna fail the person that I love? You guys can relate. Again, real situation, real story. Even this one Will I fail God? I mean, think about that. Mary was nervous about that. Joseph was nervous about that. The fear of disappointment is a legit thing. And I think that's one of the reasons why, as humanity, it's a hard time trusting people. Anybody else have a hard time trusting people sometimes in this world? It's hard to trust people because in some time or place in our life, we've been disappointed in how people have treated us. We've, we've disappointed people based on our trust They were afraid because they didn't really know what was going to happen and they were really worried about disappointing maybe each other or themselves, whatever that might be. But I love this church is they fought that fear with confidence. I'm going to break this down for us. They fought that fear with confidence. It took an angel to meet with both of them to say, hey, don't be afraid. You can do this. This is God's plan God's got you. You can fight this with the truth of confidence. And honestly, if you break down the story, Mary wasn't too sure about her situation. Joseph was not too sure about his situation. Joseph was about to leave. He lit in the Bible, literally said he was going to leave her in the night because he's like, I can't do this. This is too crazy. And an angel had to be like, no, have the confidence of Christ. Have the confidence of truth. You can do this. We too, church, can have that confidence that God's plan is the right plan. I'm going to say it again, that God's plan is the right plan. Even if we don't get it, even if it's wild, even if it's it's absurd, even if it doesn't fit to our agenda or plan in life, God's plan is the right plan. And I wrote this down. I want you to really, there's, there's space in your note thing that you got given. There's a couple points. i gonna be honest with you, church. I might say those or I might say something different. So write stuff down, okay? So this part, I really want you to take away. This is, there's a few things here. When the Holy Spirit is in it, then God is in it. And if God is in it, then you can do it. I'm gonna say that again because I want you to write that down. When the Holy Spirit is in it, then God is in it. And if God is in it, then you can do it. It's like that cliche stuff that we say all the time, but how many people know that sometimes we forget the cliche stuff in the moments that matter the most, right? Like it's kind of the whole point of this whole talk is like we need to really serious, really realize the things that matter the most, even though we've heard it before. Because if we've heard it before and it's so cliche, then why aren't we actually following what it says, right? Now, I'm not gonna get off my pedestal, hold on. So Luke 2, 8 now, we're gonna go back. And this is where I really want to dive in today, because the shepherds are probably one of my favorite people, if not the most my favorite people in the Christmas story, aside from baby Jesus, of course. But the shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were what? One more time. You forgot. You forgot, right? That I'm a youth pastor, so I need some engagement today, right? They were afraid; they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, "Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior—come on, a Savior—has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you: you will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Another real wild situation." The shepherds, folks, have entered the story. And have you ever thought about how God specifically let certain people know about him first? You ever think about that? Like, these shepherds mattered. Whoa. These shepherds mattered. That that God literally chose these shepherds to know about the coming of the future king for anybody else. And it's kind of funny because the shepherds would have been considered one of the lowest of lows back then, Right? would have been one of the lowest, you know, people groups at that time. Their job was taking care of sheep. They were taking care of stinky, dumb, annoying sheep, okay? Sheep aren't easy to take care of. It's not like a pet, okay? This is what they did for a living. The shepherds were probably smelly, dirty, not making that much money, and maybe not the most wise, They were the lowest of lows. The world labeled shepherds as low people. And God wanted them to know first about what was going on. And church, I love how Jesus has been in the business with hanging out with the lowest of lows from day one. From day one. Jesus is all about hanging out with what the world might label the lowest of lows. He's not just here for the rich, the hurting, the, you know, the, a certain race, those who have their life together, those who don't, it's whoever. John three sixteen, the verse that everybody knows, and no, it's not Tom Tebow or T- Tim Tebow's verse, it's God's verse. It says, God sent his son so whoever would believe in him, whoever, and that is what this is about. From shepherds to wise men, to manger, like to to stable keepers. Like it's all in there. Jesus has been in the business of hanging out with the lowest of lows from day one. And everyone can experience the gospel. Anyone can experience the gift of eternal life. I don't want you to miss this today, church, because I'll be honest, I know a lot of you in this church, I know a lot of you as family members in this church, but there are people that don't understand the gospel. And this is the whole point, that God wants to have a relationship with you. And if you're sitting here hearing me tell you this, like, oh yeah, I already have that. Well then tell somebody that doesn't have that, church. This is the perfect time to do something like that because God wants that relationship with you and with people who need it. And if you already have a relationship with Jesus, he's ready to take you further than you could imagine. You never arrive, you never just show up and be like, all right, I'm good now. As long as there are people that don't Don't know Jesus Christ. As long as there's breath in your lungs, you need more Jesus and God's gospel is needed to be shared. And that's what this is about. God is not done with us yet. Do not get comfortable, Mosaic. Do not get comfortable. And I'm saying this to me too. There's work that needs to be done. Back to the scripture. Sorry, I'm getting too excited. We're gonna get back to that. Back to the scripture. But these shepherds were terrified. They were afraid. They freaked out. And I would be too, again, I don't know what would be more scary, going on that roller coaster again, or all of a sudden just hanging out in my pasture, taking care of my sheep, just doing life together, super chill, and all of a sudden, bam, an angel shows up out of nowhere and starts singing and like going crazy at the craziest concert you ever experienced, like that would be scary. We like to think like, oh, what a beautiful moment. No, they were scared. These grown men were terrified and y'all would be too, okay? So all of a sudden an angel concert pops off out of nowhere and the shepherds were freaking out. I'm sure the sheep were too, right? They were just going crazy. Everyone's was like, what is going on, right? And they became scared. They became terrified. That was extreme fear. And when was the last time you found yourself terrified? I mean, think about it. When was the last time that you were terrified with the stuff going on in this world, terrified within your own marriage, maybe your work, maybe scared of your health situation, terrified of your home life? Maybe terrified of the relationship with your kids. I mean, kids can be scary. I'll tell you that right now. When was the last time you were actually terrified? Put yourself in the shepherd's shoes or sandals if they had those on. And listen how the angels respond. I love how angels respond when humans are scared because this is the same reaction every time. I'm saying this again. We're just going to go through. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were terrified. And the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. How many times do angels say, hey, it's okay, calm down. I know I look really freaky and like out of this world, but it's all good, like you'll be okay. And if you're anything like me, I'd have been like, uh, no, I'm still scared. Even though I knew the truth, even though I knew what was going on, I knew what the Bible said, even though the angels said who they were, I'm still gonna be terrified and afraid. And they said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people because today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Who needs that reminder today that we don't need to be afraid? We do not need to be afraid. God's got you. He really does. God got you. The creator of the universe, the billions and trillions of galaxies, and I don't know anything about astronomy. I don't, but there's a lot going on. He knows your name. He knows every single hair on your head. Even bald people. He knows every single hair on your head. He knows who you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows your name. He knows your situation. Who needs some good news today? You are seen. God sees you. The creator of the universe knows your name. Who needs some good news that will bring great joy? Who needs a little ounce of joy today? Come on. Who needs a little ounce of joy today? Here's some some ounces of love and some joy. God loves you either you online, whether you're here, God loves you. God loves you so much that he sent his son for you. It wasn't just a theatric. This was a very intentional reason why God sent his son. God sent a savior for you, your life, your fear, your situation, and just to remind you, the shepherds were terrified in this. They were probably still terrified after the angel said, hey, it's okay, everything's gonna be all right. It's not likely that they were like, okay, Sweet, thank you guys, or thank you angels. I'm good now. I'll just go back to work. Like, no, they were probably in shock. And I say this because how many times again do we know that we don't have to be afraid, but we still give in to fear? How many times in our lives do we know the truth, but we still become afraid or terrified? And it still doesn't feel okay. And I know, I know, Josh, I know that we're not supposed to be afraid and that we should give our requests to the Lord. And I know, but it still happens every single day. And I know the Bible tells us these things, but I think this is the big key here. I think there's a big difference between knowing something and believing something. We can know a lot of stuff, folks. I grew up in the church. I grew up in San Francisco. We can know a lot about the Bible. We can know a lot about the Christmas story. We can know a lot about God and about Jesus, but there's a difference between knowing something and believing something. I want you to write that down. I don't even know if there's a space for that, but I want you to write that down. There is a difference between knowing something and believing something. There is a difference between hearing all the right things, but actually listening to the right things. My kids are a perfect example of that. They can hear me a lot. They can hear my voice. I have a loud voice, all right? I can, I can get very loud, but they don't always listen to what I'm saying. Right? I even have to break it down sometimes. I'm like, hey, Paxton, I know you hear me, but are you listening? Repeat back to me what I said to you so I know that you actually are attaining this information. Guys, we are the same way. We can know a lot of stuff, but do we believe the truth? There's a big difference between knowing something and believing something. So how do we shift from what we know into what we believe? Something has to happen. Something has to go down. And even in the shepherd situation, something needs to happen. And like I said, I love having keys and I love having this part. So Josh, I know you're hanging out. Josh, Josh, I need you to come back up here, brother. Because here's the thing. I just, I feel like there's just this beauty around the end of this, this text, and I love having, Josh, you, again, I say this all the time, but you're so amazing, dude. Like, it's so fun having the gifts that you've been given being used at your age and your talent. Like, it's, it's so beautiful. I know, that's your son. You can't be biased. But it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so I want to I slowly kind of wrap this up as we break this down. So I'm going to go back to Luke 2, verse 8. I've been in this text the majority of the day, but I really want to share this with you again. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were terrified. They were afraid. They were freaking out. Their whole lives were in jeopardy. They did not know what was going on. They were questioning every single thing in their whole entire being. But... It's always so funny. I was told growing up that, you know, the word but basically means everything in front of that word means nothing, right? Like all the sentences in front of it. So it's kind of this way here too. They are freaking out. But the angel Lord said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good news. Good news that will cause great joy for all people. That sentence by itself is basically the gospel. <laughs> like, that's it. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be assigned to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in claws lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. So probably like thousands of angels. If the shepherds weren't scared at one point, now there are thousands of angels on every single instrument you could ever imagine going wild, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. They came with good news of great joy. And then a great company was all about worshiping God. What a beautiful moment. What a terrifying moment, but what a beautiful moment. The shepherds were scared and the angels, I love this. They weren't just like, oh yeah, hey, hey, it's all good. We'll calm it down a little bit. No, they went off. They went even more wild. They even got more angels to be a part of the party and said, no, we're not going to dumb this down. We're going to celebrate because this is a huge thing that's going on. They went off. And church, what if there was something so powerful about facing our fears and worries with Jesus? What if, what if that was like a thing? What if the reason why almost every single time in the Bible, you see the main character praising God when they're going through trials and tribulations? Why is it that every single story that we see in there when they're going through stuff, whether someone in prison or someone who's lost their sight, or whatever that is, they end up praising God. Like even that one time when Jesus was in the garden, the son of God, the same Jesus in this manger, I was terrified of his death and his crucifixion. He ended up praying and praising God. He said, not my will, but yours be done? Church, what if there was something about praising and focusing on Jesus and on God that can automatically change our circumstance? What if we went off with worship the next time we went through something that was really wild, the next time you were afraid? I know, church, I don't do that. I do two of the other things. I either run because I'm scared or I try to take over Anybody else like me, be honest, man, we're humans. It's just one of those things when things go down and things are stressful, scary. I don't always go to the cross. I don't always go into worship. But what if instead of saying, I got this, I can take care of this, or, oh, I'm super scared. I'm going to run away. What if we said, God, I love you. I trust you. Have your way. And we get up out of bed, brush our teeth and go on with the Monday. Like, what if we did that? What if we actually did that? How great would that be? Because folks, and this is kind of in your notes, but I shifted a little bit. Real fears require real worship. You can put in real worries require real worship. This isn't just a note takeaway. This is serious. Real worries require, require real worship because that will actually cause real action. That's how it went in this story of the shepherds. After all this went down, they said, do not be afraid. The party went off. Then it says in 13, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to another, let's go. They were terrified. They didn't know what was going on. They're like, hey, you know what? This is a good idea. Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Something happened in that moment of fear and being terrified. Were they, were they able to say, okay, no, I'm gonna worship this. I'm down. I'm gonna go. Something happened, that shift from knowing to believing, from knowing something to truly believing in something. And that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is not about you or about me. Sorry, Christmas is not about you or about me. It's not. It's not about where you're going to spend the holidays. It's not about what presents or gifts you get for each other. It's not about if you're gonna have a snow-filled Christmas or Christmas in the sand. It's not about Michael Bluebell or Mary, Mariah Carey. It doesn't matter. That's not the point of Christmas. It's about God. It's about God. But this doesn't count. You can't put my thing. This does matter. But it's for you. It is for you. It's not about you, but it's for you and it's for me. And I believe that when we stop being afraid of the things that distract us from what really matters. Then we will really see and know and believe that the Christmas season is about us, but it's for us. It's for you. And I want you to embrace that. Don't get too stressed out this season and forget what really matters. Don't get too fearful this season and forget what really matters. Focus on the idea that it's about God, but it is for us. And how beautiful is that gift? How absolutely beautiful is that gift? Because with that gift, we can truly have that confidence that God's plan is the right plan. And because of that, we can really worship and experience a life-changing experience, a moment in our lives, a real life-changing moment. So I'm gonna ask the band to come on up. And we're gonna end with a song today that you've heard before. And I would love it. I would love it if you do what you could in this moment to just worship Give that adoration to the person that deserves it more than anything else in this world. It's called Waymaker. A lot of times we can sing this song and miss what's really going on. But again, at this time, I'd actually love it if you guys stand up with me and just do something quick because I love y'all. I love y'all stand up and just close your eyes. And out of a sign of surrender, if you feel comfortable, you can just hold your hands out. And I want to just take a moment before we dive in as we go into the song Waymaker that's talking about, God, you make a way. You always do. You're just waiting for me to get on board with that. And so right now, whatever it is that you're going through in your life, as I said earlier, there's some real stuff going on in the Olson's life too. So I'm not sitting up here knowing everything. If you're willing to truly say, God, I give this to you, just between you and God, you can do that right now. It doesn't need to be theatrical thing you just have your time with God and say God I know that you are the way maker I know that what I'm going through I've taken it and tried to handle it on my own God I know that you are in control and I know the right things the Bible says but Lord I want to believe I want to truly believe that and worship you God I don't want this Christmas season just be another Christmas season where I may or may not forget the things that don't really matter God I want to focus on you and what really does matter. So right now, God, we ask that you meet us in this place, in this room, as we worship you, as we fight back our fears, our worries, our stress, our situations with worship and adoration in receiving that real gift that you sent to us for anyone, for everyone, so that everyone can have eternal life jesus we love you and we worship you in jesus name we pray amen let's worship
0: thank you so much for joining us on the mosaic maple grove podcast i want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul let jesus do the deep work that only he can do a special thank you to everyone who gives to mosaic maple grove your generosity allows this message to go out into the world You can be a part of the Mosaic Tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.